And if you've ever wondered, is God speaking? He's speaking all the time, and he wants to talk to you. Now, this morning, we have no one who's, uh, this, this person is not like uh, distant from this place. He's one of ours. We love him very much. I wanted to show you a video this morning, but they don't have it back there. So I'll just tell you about it. Um, I, my last big time with Pastor Mark was about five weeks ago, and we do a thing called a Sherman, and you put some money in this pot, and uh, Pastor Mark was just doing so well. He even had an eagle and all sorts of things, and he was bragging like crazy, but about <laughs> three holes before the last hole, I got the Sherman, which is like $20, $30 in my pocket. And whoever wins the last hole gets the Sherman. But if someone doesn't win it outright, the guy who has the Sherman gets to keep it. So Pastor Mark is only like five feet from winning the hole on a putt. So I took the Sherman and I laid it down in front of the hole or behind the hole and said, no pressure. If you make this putt, you win the Sherman. If you miss it, I get to keep the Sherman. Pastor Mark lines up. All of us guys are saying, no sweat, no problem. And he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm Mr. Ice. I, I am so, this is not even phasing me. He is saying he misses the hole by five inches. But he runs up to the hole and he stole my money. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you're going to hear from this morning. Pastor Mark and I go way back. He's been my dear friend. We've cried together. We've laughed together. He has an amazing church in Tucson, and uh, it's just he's just rocking it down there. And uh, his whole story is a miracle. We love him. Would you stand and give Pastor Mark a big hand as he comes to share the word this morning? Well, for those of you that know Pastor Doug, his stories uh, get better with age, I have to say. <laughs> wow. That, think about the only true thing about that story. I did run away with the money. <laughs> only for him to go, hey, what are you doing? That's my money. Get back here. Was <laughs> oh, that pretty good? Yeah, Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is why I like hanging out with him, and, and, and even though I endure torment later, we laugh our heads off the entire time, and it's just so fun. How many know you need friends like that in your life? You got you to gotta do it. You got to have them. What an honor and privilege it is to be back with you again. I love you very much. You're uh, kind of a home away from home, and... It's just always just an honor to be with you. I got to tell you what a joy it has been to be here with John, John, and Elena. Just class people, kingdom people, building an amazing church in San Francisco, and uh, really <clears throat> a uh, strong power couple in the kingdom. And I think I think that there's probably few people that really get kingdom. Uh, in this generation coming up, then probably John, John, and Elena, they've just done an amazing job of 
leadership in the kingdom, not just in their church. He's got a very pr powerful inher inheritance in the faith. He, uh, he's got a powerful, and both him and her have pr powerful prophetic anointing on their lives. But one thing that's been pretty fun to watch is God raising them up to be apostolic leaders, uh, overseeing churches and networks and having a strategic role in Ministers Fellowship International. He was announced as the vice chairman right along with Frank DiMazio and Bob McGregor this last fall. Highly qualified and just so well able to do all that God has for them to do. And they have had a powerful voice in really reshaping that whole network of churches, thousands of churches really literally around the world. So they're, boy, you, you've, you've had a real treat receiving from their ministry this weekend. Had a great word this morning. If you didn't hear it, I encourage you to get online and listen. Very, very, very powerful word. Uh, as uh, we jump in, I'd like for you to take your Bibles, go to Jeremiah chapter 1, your mobile device, whatever you got, get ready to go there. And I, I want to speak to you today from the subject 2020 vision. 2020 vision. Uh, I know this can be kind of a natural pick whenever we're sitting at the threshold or right on the doorway, entryway right into the, the year 2020. But um, the more I thought about it and, and was just thinking about our, my time together with you, I was thinking about what 2020 vision kind of meant, and uh, the Lord began just dropping some ideas and thoughts into my heart, really prophetic for you, and so I, I want to share those with you if you will allow me over the next few minutes. Can I just say that this weekend can be life-changing for you personally and for you as a church. If you, we already know, and John John said this so eloquently in the first service, God is speaking, and what do we do to respond when he does speak? And, and I think that if you're listening, you will hear the voice of God. God will speak into your life, and these prophetic moments are vision moments. They're vision moments for you personally. They're, they're, if God is speaking to the church, he's speaking to you if this is your church. That means that he is speaking to you too. And so those are vision moments for you, really encounters with God's heart and his vision for your life and for this church. And so as we jump in, I want to just dial down into Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, and uh, we'll begin reading down through verse 11 beginning part of verse 11 there. Jeremiah chapter 1, this is the call of God to Jeremiah, and it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, come on, this is a great word for everybody in this room. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And then said, I, you got the wrong dude. <laughs> and oh, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, for I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, and this verse laid a foundation early on in my ministry, uh, and in, in my uh, prophetic voice to my generation, just the Lord spoke to me so clearly out of this. Let it speak to you as well. Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, 
for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See. Everybody say, see. See. So he gives you that prophetic word. Now he says, I want you to see. See. I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see when you look at your story right now? What do you see when you look back over your past? What do you see? And more importantly, what do you see now from this vantage point looking into the future? What do you see? What do you see? Vision is what God reveals to you by his spirit, and it also is what you see when vision comes. And sometimes God will speak to you, then he'll ask you what he see, what you see after he speaks to you. And the reason he asks that question is so that what he said to you and what you see match up. Because sometimes, I've seen this happen so many times, God will give a prophetic word to somebody and they'll leave that place and they'll go on in their life and somehow what they see after God has said something to them is not lining up with what he said. They're allowing their past to define their vision. They're allowing their storm, their circumstance, their lack, their hurt, their pain, their distance from God in the moment to define what they see. I want to encourage you today that as God says something to you, I want to ask you, what do you see? Let the vision of your life match the word of God for your life. Joshua chapter 6, when God brings Joshua into the, the land of Israel to take the city of Jericho, the first words that God speaks to him as he's looking out over the city, God says, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. You got to see it. God had already told them the previous chapter he was with him to give the city to him. But then in chapter 6, he says, but you got you to see it. You got to see I've given Jericho into your hand. 2020 vision is a term that most of us are familiar with. It's synonymous with the phrase perfect vision. And despite it being a measure of your eyesight, it doesn't really mean perfect vision. It just means that your visual acuity at 20 feet is a certain acuity. And, and there are a lot of other factors that do contribute to good vision. And I want to hit on some vision factors connected to 2020 vision. One of the vision factors I want to introduce to you today is this, night vision. How do you see in the dark? That part of vision that is unique to low light conditions of night and the ability to, of the eyes to see in the dark or at night. What's your night vision like? 
How well do you perceive the dangers of the darkness? How well do you discern the things going on at night in the darkness? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and spirits of wickedness in heavenly places. There is a kingdom of darkness. This church is set like a city on a hill. Your lamp, your life is like a lamp before God, a light before the world. Jesus' own words to you said, you are the light of the world. How do you see in the dark? How are you seeing there? This really, to me, is the principle of discernment. The principle of discernment. The ability to see beyond limitations and hindrances of the darkness. It's the ability to see beyond the obvious and see the real source of what's going on here. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 12, Nehemiah came to the city and he went out at night to walk around and survey what was happening in the city so he could start working at rest, restoring it. Your work of restoration in this city depends a lot on how well you can discern the damage of the city and the region in the darkness. What are you seeing here that needs to be confronted? What is you seeing here that needs to be restored? What are you discerning in your community, on your school campus, on that co- in that college classroom? What are you discerning on your job? What are you discerning in this community as you walk around? Because I tell you, there is a darkness here. There is an enemy here. And you need to discern who he is, what he's doing, and what's going on in the dark. If you're going to see restoration and God working in such profound ways as he has said he will do already. In Acts chapter 16, Paul is going about preaching the gospel and he comes across this girl who's chased, kind of sees him and starts following him and say, hey, listen to these guys. They're speaking the wonderful truths of God. And you're thinking, correct, 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 but so very wrong. Because she was, she was demon-possessed and her life was completely controlled by the works of the, the evil one. Paul sees in the dark and he sees beyond the obvious. And he goes, I see what's going on here. And at finally, at one point, he just out of frustration turns around and says, you be quiet. And you leave this woman alone, and in that moment, she is completely freed and delivered, and breakthrough happens in that city because Paul saw in the dark. He discerned what was going on. And it's so important. The discerning of spirits is one of the gifts of the spirit. And night vision is essential in warfare. Any, any warrior knows this. You've got to be able to see in the dark if you're going to overcome the enemy. We've got to discern his tactics. We've got to see his movements. There are strongholds. There are principalities. There are activities and places of resistance. And we need to discern these. Discernment is a powerful weapon to help you see in the dark. How's your discernment? Law enforcement and attorneys will tell you that light and darkness have profound impact on the testimony of a witness. In the darkness, details are unclear. Things that they, they, they see things that are not really there. The same is true for us as we fight the good fight of faith. One of the most common warnings you find in the New Testament is do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. 
Well, what do you do to combat that? What do you do to discern what's going on in Aberdeen and Hoquiam and Cosmopolis and Grays Harbor County? What are you going to do to see victory established in this community? You've got to put on your night vision. You've got to discern. You've got to see through the darkness and let God, the light of the world, begin to give you some discernment to see what's happening so you can have victory. You know, there's not a lot of carte blanche scriptures in the Bible, but I think this, might, this one might qualify on many levels. James 1.5, kind of a blank check verse, you know. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. You know, that word wisdom could be replaced by a lot of things. You need faith? Ask God. You need breakthrough? Ask God. You need discernment? Ask God. He'll show you. He'll give you some night vision goggles, and you can see, oh, whoa, I didn't see that before. Interesting. Wow, got to pray about that. <laughs> right? He shows you what you can see in the dark. Number two, peripheral vision. 2020 vision has a solid composite of peripheral vision. It's the part of vision that occurs outside the very center of your gaze. In other words, peripheral awareness is the ability to see action or objects that are not in your direct line of vision, but they're important to your vision. It's the principle of environment where you are aware of what's going on around you. You know, God just hasn't called you to this location, these four or five, six, however many walls are on the exterior of this building. He's not just called you to this address. You know, Harbor City Church isn't to just be here on this little corner of the world, and that's it. He's, you, you have an environment to be aware of. You have a city that's going to hell, and you want to make it hard for people to go to hell around here. Which means you've got to be aware of your environment. You've got to have good peripheral vision. I can see my hand all the way over here. Are you aware of what's going on in this city? Are you aware of what's going on in this region? Are you aware of the spiritual climate? Are you aware of the social issues? What are the economic issues? What's the culture of this community and region? What's the hard attitude, the spirit of the city, of its people? What's going on around you in this world that you need to be aware of? It might not be the, necessarily all the focus of your attention or your vision, but you have to be aware of it. It's interesting in Matthew 9, the story where they bring the paralytic to Jesus. They behold, they brought, it says the Bible says in verse 2, they behold, they brought, a, brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, no, wait a minute. I don't know about you, but faith is not visible. You know, what they bring, what's in his vision, his direct line of sight, is a paralytic. But what Jesus sees and what he's aware of is an environment. And in Luke, 
uh, uh, chapter, uh, the, in Luke's version of the story, he says that, that he adds this line, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. So not only was Jesus aware in his peripheral vision of faith, he was also aware of the power of the Lord present to heal. In his direct line of sight is the paralytic, but the peripheral vision and awareness of the environment made it possible for a miracle to happen. How is your peripheral vision? What are you picking up out here that you know, wow, I need to be aware of that? How many of you have been saved by getting poked in the eye or hit in the head because your peripheral vision saved you? Whoa. Right? Jesus sees their faith. He didn't just see the problem. Peripheral vision enables you to notice those who are on the fringes. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus is teaching in a synagogue in a room like this, teaching. The Bible says there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So here, Jesus is teaching. He notices somebody on the peripheral, somebody on the fringes. His peripheral vision is activated. He notices, he sees, and the combination of night vision, he sees the demonic interference, and he sees peripherally her need to be healed, picks it up, calls it out, miracles happen, and people are amazed. Here's the problem with most Christians. We wear blinders. We don't want to look around and we don't notice all that. There's problems out there. There's sinners out there. The devil is out there. So I'm going to just play it safe. And I'm going to live right here. Bro, you're weird, man. That ain't normal. Do you detect things that could be dangerous to your spiritual life? <laughs> Wearing blinders is the vision of the self-centered person. I'll say it again. Wearing blinders is the vision of the self-centered person. It's all about me. I exalt me. Lord, I lift my name on high. <laughs> okay, anyway. Peripheral vision does, does this. It makes you aware of those on the fringes. You've got a lot of fringe people in your community. Do you see them? Yeah. Peripheral vision, 2020 vision. Number three, eye, eye coordination. 
eye coordination. This is the coordinated control of eye movement that corresponds to hand movement. The processing of visual input that guides your reaching and your grasping along with the use of the pro the proprioception, there we go, pro proprioception, I'm, I'm expanding my vocabulary. <laughs> Say that 10 times real fast. Proprioception of the hands to guide the eyes. In other words, the coordination of the eye and the hand with one another. Here's what, what I, what's the principle is. This 2020 vision principle is this. It's the principle of action. <clears throat> the principle of action. Vision in your life and in this church should produce action in your life. You don't sit on your butt in church saying, oh, I got vision, and still continue sitting on your rear. The Lord answered me in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. I got, uh, you know, a thought for you. Vision isn't, been, isn't given for you to write on a wall. It's vision, vision is given for running. Vision isn't given to be written on a wall. It's given for running. He wants you to move. God speaks to you. Move. Some of you have had prophetic words in the last couple of days. God's going to give you a ministry of encouragement, and you're going to be an encourager to the family of God, and you're going to minister life and hope and healing to people. If you will just lift up your voice, if you'll step out in faith, the Lord's going to come upon you, and you're going to be a great encourager in the kingdom of God, and then you sit there. Thanks, Lord, for that amazing vision for my life. Hallelujah. Just do something about it, Lord. God, just work in my life to just make that word come to pass. And God's going, I did my part. Now get off of your behind and go encourage some people. Oh, I've given you a gift of teaching, says the Lord. And then God, you say, well, God, I just hope you help me become a teacher. Here's a thought. Maybe study the Bible. <laughs> Dig out some truths. Let God bring some things into your heart. And then actually lead a small group and start teaching some people. I know it's a shocker. But this is God and you, not just God. What are you doing with your hands? Are you serving vision? Are you giving your strength to something bigger than yourself, something that will live beyond your life? Are you committed to a vision that will bring you into the trenches and get you serving because true vision brings you into the trenches of serving. Vision isn't about trophies that you've won. It's about the towel you've carried. So how's your hand-eye coordination? Does your vision lead you to serve, lead you to reach out? Number four, depth perception. Depth perception. This is the ability to perceive the relative distance of objects in one's visual field. You, you perceive distance in time. 
Many times people go to a meeting like we're having today or the weekend like we, we have today and they receive these wonderful words. And man, there's like three things that God just highlights in their life. Just bam, and bam, bam. Oh, you're going to be a man of the word. And you're going to be a man of the spirit. And miracles are going to flow from your life. And you're, you're even going to go to the nation, says the Lord. And, and so here you are just looking down that and looking at that wonderful vision that God has shown you. Look at those things. Bam, bam, bam. Praise his name. Oh, Jesus. Oh, feel the glory. <laughs> but then you swing around to the real perspective. Mountaintop, valley, 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 mountaintop, valley, 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 mountaintop. Down there, it looked like ding, 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 ding. But right here, it's 10 years what the? 20 years? I'm calling the prophet hotline right now. Something's wrong with this word. This is the principle of patience. You get the depth perception. You begin to see that, hey, this isn't the high points here. This is the gap in between. The, the, the God's working. Habakkuk 2.3 in the message says, this vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. Just because it's long doesn't mean it's a lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. I like this last one. It'll come right on time. This is an important principle to prophetic vision. Sometimes there are things that God reveals to the prophetic that must be viewed with depth perception. The points of focus are often separated by spans of time and the testing of God and the process of God. You need to ask for grace to wait. Number five, Right, can I say this? If it's a vision worth pursuing, it's a vision worth waiting for. Number five, focusing ability. This is the ability of the eye to change its focus from distant to near and vice versa. Your lens of your eye actually changes shape to do this. It's the principle of focus. And every vision has focus points. And you're put off the distractions so that you can zero in on what you need to focus on. We, we, we establish through focus the priority of what is in the center of our vision. You're, you're establishing through focus pro vision priorities. Recently, the Lord was dealing with me in my prayer life. I'm a man of prayer. I pray a lot. It's been a huge part of my life. And I use a number of prayer models as tools to help me pray. The Lord's Prayer, Prayer of Jabez. I found myself slipping into prayer as a routine. Recently, recently the Lord said to me, Mark, I, I didn't call you to pray so that we could have a routine. I called you to pray so we could have a relationship. I had to change my focus. You know what I'm doing now? 
I'm just putting on some worship music and I'm just saying nothing. I'm just listening. I'm just worshiping. And all of a sudden, God begins to speak to me. This reveal to me. Begins to put some things into my spirit. And then I start to pray about those things. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's a focus vision scripture. Last one I'll say, I'll talk about, we'll land the plane with this, is color vision. Color vision. This is the ability of an eye to distinguish objects based on the wavelengths or frequencies of the light they reflect, emit, or transmit. This is the principle of diversity. Healthy vision will have no prejudice and no religious spirit. Galatians 3.28 in the Passion Translation says, we no longer see each other in our former state, Jew, non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one. Everybody say one. Through our union with Jesus Christ, no distinction, distinction between us. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, 21, again out of the Passion, says, Timothy, in the presence of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So he is invoking the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the most powerful thing you can do. And he says, before the chosen angels, messengers, so he's even bringing the hosts of heaven into on this deal. I solemnly charge you to put into practice all these matters without bias, prejudice, or favoritism. I got news for you. Color vision means that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of equality. Color vision is multiracial. Color vision is multigenerational. Color vision is multicultural. Color vision values men and women equally. Color vision values rich and poor equally. You're a church of many generations. You're a church that's going to see a surge of multiculturalism. You're a church that's going to see men and women walking together, pastoring, preaching, teaching, leading, moving forward in the vision of God as you embrace the colored vision that God has for you to put on. Color vision is full of grace, not full of legalism, not full of a bunch of list of rules and laws and all that stuff. It's a gracious, loving, empowering, gracious, color-filled vision. There's some great things God has for this church. And vision is so blossoming in this house. Such an incredible thing. And can I just prophesy for a minute and pull forward the things that have been spoken in the past to this house that have somehow been, been limited. I believe in some ways you've been coming into a season where you're going to begin to see that word come to pass. The time clock, the calendar, the kairos moment, the appointed time has started to come and you're going to step into a season where God is going to fulfill the prophesied declare 
declared, vision-oriented, purpose-driven word of God for this house, and you're going to step into the Kairos moment and see God. If you have 2020 vision, you will step into God's appointed time. This is your appointed time for purpose and destiny and what God has for you and for this church. Come on, do you believe it? Stand to your feet with me today. And you may have sensed a resistance. You may have sensed a hesitancy. You may have sensed a cap, a lid. Maybe you've struggled in your own life with the gap between things that God has said. Maybe you've been frustrated with the weight. Maybe you've been frustrated with your own failure and your own lack of breakthrough. Can I tell you, God wants you to see his perspective. And you're getting ready to step into some things that are powerful, purpose-filled, and destiny-driven as you embrace God's purpose and vision for your life. How many are in this room today and say, I'm ready to put on 2020 vision? I want God to give me some of that corrective lenses. I want him to drop the drops of the Holy Spirit in my life. Let my spiritual uh, uh, retinas dilate and see what God sees. Begin to have some perspective here. Come on, how many are here ready to say, I want to see what God sees. I want to have a revelation. Amen. Come on, let's pray and let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for the vision that you have for every person and for this house. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would begin to open our eyes and you would begin to move in us to see like you see. See, I have given you the city. See. I am moving by my hand. See the word of the Lord. This is times of vision. Father, make a way where there is no way. Even if we can't see it, we know you're working. Even though we can't feel it, we know you're working. Come on. Everybody believe that today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give a word you know, God is speaking to us right now, and I, I love that, um, the idea of seeing prophets were seers, and this is a prophetic house. God has called you to be a prophetic people, to see with eyes of faith, to see and to believe what God has declared over you, and as we were worshiping, and the Lord just began to download a few things that I began to see prophetically. Pastor Lois, I, as, as I hung out with you two this weekend, I, um, I saw around you, and I waited for this moment, but I, I, I saw buildings floating around you over and over and over. It's like all weekend, last night, today, like I see these pictures of buildings. And and what I see, I, I believe that God is going to give this house, warehouses and buildings. It will be given to you. It's like some will come from private institutions. Some will come from public institutions. They're going to be given. And I believe like I, I see like storehouses, houses of mercy, where, where there's going to be warehouses filled with goods and, 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 and different things that will be given to the house, through the house, to be a ministry into the community. And you will be known as a house of mercy and compassion. And they're going to come, and because of the grace that is upon you, particularly as a point leader, this is a, uh, this is a word for the entire house, but I just saw it on you. And I, I, saw, I saw these houses, literally, different sizes, thousands of, uh, of square feet of, of, of storage space. And, and they're going to come, and there's going to be enough bread to go not only into the city, but the community, the county, and beyond. So get ready. Remember these words. Remember. 
And God's going to give you vision to see it. There's going to be divine appointments. It's going to be given. You're not going to spend a dollar to buy them. It's going to be given to you guys in the name of Jesus. Young lady, I, I forgot your name. What's your name again? Jennifer, you married? Where is your hubby? Oh, that dude's right behind us. You can stay right there. I'll just prophesy over you guys like this. Um, you, you, you are a, I saw you playing on, on the keys and whatnot, and you lead worship, and there's the grace and anointing for worship, but you're more than that. And I see, it's like a Swiss knife. It's like you do a little bit of everything, and you're like a, a high-capacity, multi-skilled multi individual. But the hand of God, even in a recent assignment, you've been put into a recent assignment that is new. And it's like, it's like where did this come from? And it kind of landed on your lap. There was shuffling and, and leadership positions and things moved here and there. And you found yourself in this new role. And you're saying, all right, I can do this. And by God's grace, you'll give us the grace and you'll give us the courage. You'll give us the anointing. I see you speaking not just to, I guess, young people, but I see you speaking to older folks as well. And I see the Word of God, and I see teaching and instruction. I see you imparting the Word of God into them. And I see the two of you, both you and your husband. I see your, your gold in the house of the Lord, your pillars in the house of God. And you've been entrusted with less, and now you've been, you've been entrusted with more. And not only will you preach and teach to young people, not only will you be cool and relevant with the young people, but you will be trusted by parents and those that are more seasoned, and you will instruct and teach. And See the word of God coming forth, and you will teach with an authority. You will impart with an authority of the Holy Spirit. The word of God is going to go deep into people's hearts. Not only is there a worship anointing on you, but there is teaching grace upon you. Revelatory teaching. And you will prophesy the word of God, and you will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. My brother, just come and join your honey real quick. <clears throat> For even in the arena of finances... God is going to continue to bless your home. God is going to continue to bless the two of you. Even as you said, God, if you can use anything, Lord, use us. God takes you up on that offer. He says, I will work through you, and I will perform that which I purpose for the two of you. For you didn't miss the mark. Those setbacks and what was perceived as delays, these were the dealings of God. And God turns the clock, and God has already begun this acceleration even within the two of you. Dreams that he's placed deep within your hearts, God will bring it to pass. For even these delays have become platforms, and today you walk with the branding of the Holy Spirit, signed, sealed, delivered by God himself. You're not a self-made individual or a couple, but you've been branded and made and created by God, and the seal of approval has been placed upon the two of you. You've been found faithful in the things of God. God is well pleased with you, and he opens a door for you. And you're going to walk and navigate with grace and a confidence that your God is with you. He is for you. He speaks to you. God is even fine-tuning the frequencies to hear his voice ever so sharply, crystal clear. You'll hear the voice of God. There's a wisdom about you. There, there, there's a grace upon the two of you, like royalty, royal. You're royal in the house of the Lord. And you will be trusted and respected and, 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 and looked upon with high esteem because of the favor of God that is upon the two of you. God is going to continue to prosper you. He's going to continue to bless you. Resources are going to continue to come and come from everywhere. And your barn will not uh, uh, go empty. For the, for the jar of oil will continue to, to pour miraculously. There's provision that will continue to pour in and through, in and through. Generosity and extravagant generosity will continue to be your portion. 
And God's going to continue to pour resources in and through the two of you. For the anointing of the Lord is not to be contained, but it's meant to be poured in and through the two of you. It'll leak out everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. The favor of God is upon you and yours in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, right as, uh, right even before my husband was talking over you, Pastor Lois, I had a picture of all of the different books in your office, and it's just beautiful because I, I just sense the Lord has taken you through so many years of study and training, and you've been, you've been studying, you've preached, and you've taught the Word of God, but I believe the Lord is bringing you to a brand new season and releasing you with the Word of the Lord in a greater dimension because the well within you is so incredibly deep. What God has done in your life through the years, I believe there's been almost like a, a lid over you, and even, even over this entire house, I have an assignment to break off the limitations over the women in this house and it starts with you and as you become a Deborah in this generation you have been but as you take up that mantle there will be many others that are released within the house and so even now women of the house would you raise your hands I would declare in the name of Jesus that God would come and he would release every single woman into the calling and the giftings that you have for them this is not something that pastors have desired for you to be limited but in the spirit realm there's been a limitation and so I declare over your lives the freedom to minister and the freedom to be released in this house and the freedom for dreams to flow again that the women of this house would rise up and change this city you are the key to this city and you need to be released inside the house and outside the house and as you follow this woman of God with faithfulness and with loyalty to what the call of God that he's put on your life you will be released you will be released as you come into submission with what God's doing in this house and I declare it's a new day for the women in this house and I want to say one more time it's not because of the limitation your pastors have put on you but I believe the enemy has had an assignment against you. And so we break that off in the name of Jesus. And we declare a full release over you, Pastor Lois, and over everyone that would come behind you. Okay, here's what we're going to do. These guys are ready to be let loose. But I'm going to let you loose to go get your kids. And then, I'm sorry, we're not going to... We're not going to trap those people back there. So get, get your kids. You can bring them back in here. We're going to let them loose. So uh, if you don't have kids, you can just stand around or sit down. We're going to let them call on the Lord. But let's sing uh, maybe Waymaker while people are being released. And then we're going to get the prophetic going. All right? So let's do that. By the way, I'm excited for my wife. I, I, I can hardly wait. I was just telling her, no retirement for Lois. I'll be golfing. She'll be filling barns. It's going to be good. Let's see. <laughs> 